not recording this way, way, way in advance. I was going to say, is it Thanksgiving yet? <laughs> it's it's no longer Thanksgiving. We are all still in our little post-Thanksgiving trip to fan comas. Cyber Monday is no longer here. It has come and gone, except it's like Cyber Week at this point. Wow, it's so far hope, away. I was going to say, I hope y'all got lots of sales. We are... Oh, well, we are crime culture. I was going to say that we are definitely, hey. like, on time, if not early. We're always on time. Yeah. Reliable, they call us. <laughs> oh, is that what they call us? Yep. Okay. Maybe. That's my, that might be what they call you. <laughs> no, never. Not once. I don't know about you, but I have not bought... I was going to say I haven't bought a single Christmas present. That's a lie. I bought my dad... Uh, a fishing advent calendar. That's true. You did. Um, but other than that, I have bought no Christmas presents. I haven't made any Christmas presents. I am bad this year. That's fine. If all goes according to plan at the time that you're listening to this, all of my Christmas shopping is done. Oh, However, nothing you. ever goes according to plan. So it's probably the day after Cyber Monday and I'm sitting there just like looking Panicked. at my... Yes, 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 yes. But it's fine. We're fine. I haven't even made my Santa list. I'm terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something that also needs to be done. Yeah. We'll we'll get there. We'll get future, there. It's, that's a future us problem. Uh, yeah, but a now us problem. So And who is us? Uh, we already said we're crime culture. That's Caitlin. I'm Haley. And uh, it is... <laughs> and Haley's it is done. Post-Thanksgiving. And did you guys spend a lot of time with your families on Thanksgiving? I'm sorry. Because we're going to talk about a family that... Oh. Things are going to be awkward at Thanksgiving. I don't think they're going to be spending many Thanksgivings together. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Doesn't sound like it. Doubt it. Um, this is a Patreon poll pick. Thank yeah. you to our patrons for picking this episode. Um, uh, it's been in the news. Yes. And it sounds insane. I did message yeah. you as we were researching this that I got real in the weeds with it. I just got very overwhelmed with how much information was out there and the twists and turns that this takes. Um, mm -hmm. So thanks, Patreon, for giving us this headache. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too, that maybe we should mention at the top. So we are focusing on, as you can read from the title, the Murdaugh family murders. Yes. There are other things involved that we, for the sake of time and our sanity, do not cover, such as financial crimes and, like, other murders, possibly, allegedly. So, like... I we're not we skipping shit on purpose. Uh, we are, but we're not skipping shit because we're, like... I think Dumb. we give like kind of an overview of like some other things yeah. that the family's involved in, but uh, we're not going to get like real in depth because that, I mean, that could be and is its own podcast, which we'll yes. get to. Yes. So if you find this topic extremely interesting, we will have further information for you to like go down this wormhole. Mm -hmm. rabbit so hole. rabbit hole, worm time. Worm time. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Doing the worm. So here we go with the, the Murdoch family. Hell yeah. And you're like, who the fuck are they? Well, the Murdoch family began in South Carolina at the turn of the century, and they have been prominent lawyers in the state for decades. Decades, you say? Very long time. Listen to this shit. These are a mm -hmm. lot of 
a lot of gentlemen, a lot of white guys with a lot of the same name. Mm. Beginning in 1920, our, our I was going to say protagonist, our main uh, person that we're going to be talking about is Alex Murdaugh. So his great-great-grandfather, no, great-grandfather, one great, I don't know if he was great, um, his name was Randolph Murdaugh Sr., and he started Peters, Murdaugh, Parker, Elth, Elthrots? Elthroth? I don't know how to say it. Um, some name. And Elthroth. 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 You got there. Peters, Murdaugh, Parker, Elthroth, and Detrick, or P-M-P-E-D. Mm-hmm. Um, that started in 1910, his law group. And generations of his family have continued to work at the law firm, including his son, Randolph Buster Murdaugh II, grandson, Randolph Murdaugh III, and great-great-grandsons, Randolph Randy Murdaugh IV and Alex Murdaugh. So we got mm. four Randolph Murdaughs. It's, it's going to be a lot. That's yeah. a That's... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My um, one of my teachers in high school was a third, and uh, he named his son obviously the fourth. I feel mm-hmm. like once you get to the third, you gotta gotta keep the name going. Um, but yeah, so some of them have nicknames. We're gonna try to differentiate through the story so we don't get like too lost in it. But yep. the the law firm itself was successful with personal injury cases by taking advantage of a South Carolina law that allows people to sue in any county and not where the incident occurred. Okay. Uh, this can often result in favoritism and landed Hampton County on the 2004 list of ju- judicial hellholes, <laughs> which I didn't think could be a list that was made, but sure. Um, this also made the Murdaugh group the go-to lawyers in the county because they could oh, win a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, because of this loophole. So the Murdaughs were featured in the cover story for the 1989 issue of Carolina Law magazine. And according to columnist Kathleen Parker, the justice system in this area was regarded as rigged and local attorneys would move to settle a case rather than go to trial. Because of the family's decades-long control of the office of solicitor, which I'll get to what that means, uh, it wielded enormous judicial and political power for almost a century. Wow. Yes. This family is... Powerful. Yes. Very, very, very. So between 1920 and 2006, three members of the Murdoch family served as solicitor. And a solicitor is like the district attorney. Mm. Um. And they served in a five-county area of South Carolina's low country region uh, that the locals would even refer to as Murdaugh country. And this area is the 14th District Circuit, circuit sorry, 14th Circuit District, and it oversees Allendale, Colleton, Hampton, Beaufort, and Jasper counties. And it is the only judicial circuit in the state to cover five counties. So this is like a big region. In South Carolina, the solicitor is in charge of prosecuting all criminal cases in the jurisdiction. Randolph Sr. became the first elected solicitor in 1920, holding the office for 20 years until his death. He was actually killed in a collision between his car and a train. Oh, my God. Yeah, not great. Uh, His son, Randolph Buster Murdaugh II, was elected to the position next and worked between 1940 and 1986. 
1956, however, he was indicted by a federal grand jury for allegedly warning a bootlegger to move uh, still into the neighboring county to avoid the police. But he was acquitted of this. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where, like, you can see a little bit of uh, problems within this family. Right. Um, Trying to wield their power in a certain way. Uh, but his son, Randolph Murdoch III, took over as solicitor from 1986 to 2006. Alex worked and uh, volunteered part-time in the solicitor's office after graduating from USC Law School in 1994 until 2021. Why until 2021? Well. Why? So, again, big, powerful family. They got a lot of power. On June 7th, 2021... Alex called police from his cell phone around 10.07 p.m. saying that he had discovered the bodies of his 22-year-old son, Paul, and 52-year-old wife, Maggie, near the dog kennels at the family's 1,770-acre hunting lodge on Moselle Road in Islington. 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 You got it, babe. South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, Alex said in the 911 call, quote, I need police and ambulance immediately. My wife and child have been shot badly. End quote. Both had been shot multiple times and with different weapons. Alex reported at the time of the killings uh, between it was like between 830 and 10.06 p.m. And previously, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, which we're going to abbreviate in this episode to SLED, uh, had reported that the deaths occurred between 9 and 930. But it was confirmed later on. It was between sometime between 8.30 and 10.06, which is weird because he called at 10.07. So yeah. keep that in your mind. That's soon. That's a that's little too very, soon. That's, yeah, very quick. He would have heard something. Yeah. Um, he had been with his terminally ill father, Randolph III, and mother, who has dementia. Maggie at the time was estranged from Alex, living in their beach house separately. Police reports indicate that Alex had called Maggie to meet him at the lodge and he proposed the two of them would travel together from there to see Randolph III, his father. Maggie didn't want to go to the lodge and suggested that they meet in a public place, which she's uh, probably a product of true crime. Mm. She knows you don't meet no your... Second loca- yep. No, you don't meet your estranged husband in a, a very quiet location. Um, she texted a friend saying that Alex sounded uh, quote-unquote fishy and that he was, quote-unquote, up to something. Hmm. Yeah. Again, always tell a friend to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, at Alex's insistence, she went to the lodge, and after parking her car at the house, walked towards the dog kennels where she found her son, Paul, and this was the location where they were murdered and their bodies were found. Hmm. Yeah. On June 11th, a graveside service was held for both Paul and Maggie at Hampton Cemetery in Hampton, South Carolina, and a few days later, the Collington County coroner confirmed both had died from multiple gunshot wounds and created a 24-hour dedicated tip line for the case. The day after the tip line was created on June 17th, 2021, Alex Murdaugh's brother, Randy Murdaugh IV, and John Marvin Murdaugh appeared in an exclusive interview with ABC News in which they pleaded with the public to come forward with any information saying that they didn't know whether the family had any enemies, which I kind of think is bullshit. Uh-huh. But Paul had received threats from strangers in the past, and <laughs> we're going to get to Paul. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but John Marvin said, quote, I didn't think it was a credible threat. If it was, I would have tried to do something or notify somebody. I guess maybe I made a mistake, end quote. Sure. Oh, John Marvin. Oh, John Marvin. On June 25th, members of the Murdoch family formally announced a $100,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest in the double homicide, with Alex telling the press, quote, I want to thank everyone for the incredible love and support that we have received over the last few weeks. Now it's time to bring justice for Maggie and Paul. Buster and I, along with Maggie's mother, father, and our entire family, ask that anyone with helpful information immediately call the SLED tip line or Crime Stoppers, end quote. In October 2021, it was revealed that SLED had regarded Alex as a person of interest in the homicides since the start of the investigation. A South Carolina lawmaker described SLED uh, chief Mark Keel as a quote-unquote straight arrow who wants to have an airtight case, saying, quote, he knows he's up against the good old boys who will bury him if he gets the tiniest thing wrong. He's not dropping anything until he's absolutely sure. End quote, which I think is definitely the way to approach this, especially mm-hmm. with this family that is so entrenched in like politics in this area. Like you cannot let anything slip until you have exactly what you need because they will bury you under red tape and yes. other stuff to like make sure yes. this never sees the light of day. Absolutely. So as investigators looked into the deaths of the mother and son, other unsolved crimes relating to the Murdoch family were discovered. So rewinding back to July 8th, 2015, a high school classmate of Alex Murdoch's oldest son, Buster, died suspiciously. 19-year-old Stephen Smith was found dead from blunt force trauma on Sandy Run Road in Hampton County, and the case was ruled as a hit and run with no suspects arrested. Stephen was an openly gay man and witnesses interviewed as part of the original investigation repeatedly implicated Buster as having been involved in a relationship with him. But the case had gone cold after that. According to the Greenville news quote, rumors hinting at a cover up and the possible involvement of one or more members of the Murdoch family began circulating around the Hampton County area End quote uh, soon after Stephen's death. And according to the Beaufort, County Island Packet, the case, quote, reeked of insider interference, end quote. Wow. Those are strong words, though. Yeah, definitely. Like coming from a news source like that. mm. Lots of people. I think a lot of people in this area know that these guys are like slippery. Yeah. 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 They've got a they've got a rep. Yeah. So two weeks following the double murder, SLED reopened the investigation. They have not revealed what evidence caused them to reopen the case, except that the Murdoch name kept coming up. Furthermore, although Stephen's death was ruled as a hit and run, uh, I had read in a couple articles that he had a gunshot wound above his right eye, and his injuries were allegedly not consistent with those sustained from vehicular trauma, according to the Daily Mail. I mean, it's the Daily Mail, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, But you can't, how can you rule something as a hit and run if there's a gun involved? Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. Um, But at this time, Buster has not been named a person of interest. So Mm. it's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. At this point. The connection is is questionable at best. Yeah. So in addition to Stephen's death, SLED began investigating another case involving the Murdoch family. 
on February 2nd, 2018, the family's long time, like two decades long time housekeeper and nanny, 57-year-old Gloria Satterfield, suffered a severe head injury when she fell down the front steps at the Moselle estate and later died on February 26, 2018 of complications from her injuries, including a stroke. Damn. It, yeah. It had been reported as a trip and fall accident, but at the time, no coroner was notified, no autopsy was performed, and the death certificate inaccurately said that Gloria had died of natural causes. Uh, that's a lot of what would probably be seen otherwise had this not been like like one of those would have been like a, oh that's weird that's a screw up yeah but all of that together plus the other stuff like that we know now yeah that doesn't it doesn't add up um and, a coroner uh, even testified that describing her death on the death certificate as natural was improper so later when they interviewed a coroner they're like no that wouldn't be how that was ruled yeah. So Alex Murdaugh demonstrated suspicious behavior around her death, including arriving on the scene before the EMTs and insisting that he heard Gloria say that his dogs had caused her fall, contradicting her own statement later that she had no idea what caused her fall. Wow. Yeah. Gloria was a longtime, like I said, longtime caretaker of the family and knew the sons very, very well. And mm -hmm. according to sources featured in the Discovery Plus documentary, which we'll talk about later, mm -hmm. she had told several people that Alex's son, Paul, would kill small animals and often disregarded authority. Wow. Yes. That's, she so, knew a lot. Yeah. So, uh, again, those both of those traits sound suspiciously like things we've talked about on this podcast before of some not so nice people. Mm -hmm. So mm, mm -hmm. maybe he's shaping up to be kind of a piece of shit. But I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. And uh, I mean, he's dead. So, yeah. So what's he going to do? I was going to say didn't shape up to like, we don't know. We don't know what yeah. he could have shaped up to be. Yeah, exactly. So at the funeral, Alex approached Gloria's sons and said that since the accident happened on his property, he was going to sue himself for wrongful death so that the boys could get some insurance money, according to The New York Times. They were awarded an insurance settlement, but by 2021, they had received no money. According what? to multiple indictments, Alex Murdaugh, Chad Westendorf, and attorney Corey Fleming conspired to steal the Satterfield's $4.3 million insurance policy settlement. Jesus. Yeah. The scam worked by diverting the insurance payout to Alex's account and then not notifying the Satterfields that the insurance settlement had occurred. It involved forgery... Murdaugh's law firm PMPED and Palmetto State Bank. The Satterfield sons were ultimately able to recover more than six point five million during subsequent lawsuits, though. So good for them. They they were taken care of. But yeah. still, that's a fucking shitty situation that they should have never been in in the first place. No. On September 15th, 2021, authorities announced that they were opening a criminal investigation into Gloria's 2018 death. In June 2022, authorities received permission to exhume her body in order to continue the investigation into her death. Wow. Yeah. So let's get like some real forensics done on this. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's a lot for one family. But that's not all. <laughs> Two years before his death on February 24th, 2019, youngest son, Paul, age 20 at the time, had been involved in a boat crash at 
about 2.30 a.m. at Archer's Creek near Paris Island that caused his 19-year-old friend Mallory Beach to go missing after being thrown from the boat. Okay. Paul's blood alcohol content was 2.86, almost three times the legal limit for operating a motor vehicle, not to mention it's 100 times over the legal limit for someone who is not 21 yet. <laughs> True. We just talked about that. We did. Go back. We have a DUI episode. We didn't we talk don't. about boating accidents, but no, we'll get that's there. a whole other Natalie whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yet, despite being the driver of the boat, Paul was not given a field sobriety test, was not taken to jail for booking, nor was he ever even handcuffed. No, he probably dropped the Murdaugh name and that was that. Yeah. Do you know my daddy and yeah, my daddy's exactly. daddy? Exactly. And my daddy's daddy's daddy? daddy yeah um the judge denied a uh, oh sorry uh this led to speculation that he had received special treatment by virtue of his family connections because fucking duh yeah very draco malfoy my father will hear about this that's how i envision him in my head although i've seen pictures of him and he looks looks nothing nothing like like it yeah Yeah. Mm. the judge denied a prosecutorial request that he wear an alcohol monitor after a week of search efforts, a, and uh, a boater later discovered Beach's body in a marsh area near the Broad River boating landing in Beaufort County. Ugh. Yeah. Awful. The Beach family filed a wrongful death lawsuit soon after against the Beaufort County bar and a restaurant called Luther's, a convenience mm-hmm. store called Parker's 55, and two homeowners, all of whom the suit claimed provided alcohol to Beach, Paul, and the rest of their underage friends on the night of the crash. Wow. The lawsuit was later amended to only name Richard Alexander or Alex Murdaugh Sr., Richard Alexander Buster Murdaugh Jr., and Parker's, the, mm-hmm. the convenience store. In court documents, Mallory's family implicated Alex and Buster as providing alcohol to then underage Paul, which I don't doubt, but also allegedly. Mm. As of September 2021, SLED were investigating allegations that police may have been pressured not to charge Paul. Gee. Yeah. No. You surprised? I'm fa- shocked. <laughs> right. The family of Connor Cook, another one of the teens aboard the boat during the accident, filed a lawsuit claiming Alex had encouraged the Cook family to retain a longtime friend of Alex's, Corey Fleming, (gasps) to orchestrate the protection against Paul. And do you recognize the name from moments ago? No, I just felt like gasping. Yeah. The lawyer who helped Alex get away with the Satterfield insurance scam. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so there's it's just he's a very Saul Goodman lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. But this this whole thing, everything is so like connected. It's gross. I know. That's what I'm telling you. You can really get into this again. These are the broad sweeps of this case. Yes. There are so many more like little like threads you can pull on this. It is insane how intense this story is. Absolutely. On April 18th, 2019, Paul was only indicted on one count of boating under the influence causing death while intoxicated and two counts of boating under the influence causing bodily injury. He pleaded not guilty on May 6th and was released on bond. On June 4th, 2021, court order uh, mediation in the wrongful death lawsuit failed, which appeared to make the case bound for trial, but a trial date was never set before before Paul's murder, and the charges were ultimately dropped as a result of his death. 
before Paul's murder, which was three days later. Yeah. Like, think about that. What yeah. are, that's some fucking. But like, again, the case was dropped after he died, but Mallory died. So like, where's the justice for her family? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Paul died. That's not justice. That's not. No, that's not worth anything. They still don't have a daughter. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. A combination of the alleged misappropriative funds in the Gloria Satterfield wrongful death suit and the Beach wrongful death case began the unraveling of Alex Murdaugh's criminal enterprise by exposing financial information that spiraled into an inquiry into his alleged financial wrongdoings, including Alex stealing millions from clients and his family uh, law firm, according to the New York Times. In the days before the killing of his wife and son, Alex was under immense pressure. A judge had scheduled a hearing for June 10th to consider a motion to compel Murdoch to turn over his financial information. Likewise, his wife Maggie had made arrangements for a forensics accountant to review the family finances. So walls were closing in on Alex Murdaugh days before this. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, it's like, how do I put this? It The timing is just very eerie, very spooky that like a few days before this financial hearing, a few days, which his wife is involved in a few days after his son, it turns out, is going to have to go to trial and all of this other stuff is going to have to yeah. come out that they both get murdered mm -hmm. and he finds them a minute later. Not yeah. even a minute later, because, like, I don't know how long it takes to call 911 and for them to pick up, like, over there or, or for that matter here. And I'm not about to test that theory live on the air but <laughs> i mean the way that the timeline looks he must have been dialing as he was like watching shooting. them get killed yeah i'm i'm allegedly like you know allegedly. what i mean yeah, like yeah. like to best make this, case scenario yeah, to make this timeline like work, work like he had to have been out of his car walking towards the area hearing gunshots yeah well and that's the other thing that now that you say that too it's over 1700 acres like yeah. that's a lot of walking. I mean, I'm sure they have different like parking areas next to different things. I'm sure they're not walking two miles to the dog kennels. Yeah, no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he just happens to be in that area of that the estate, like right that like it's all just very convenient. Yeah. But it's speaking of convenient. So the reason why Another reason, I guess, why Alex was so in, like, hot water was because, so, the PMPED law firm found a suspicious check on his desk. And they were like, what is up with this? And so, on September 2nd, 2021, they started an investigation into Alex. And they found that he had been stealing money from the firm no. and his clients for personal use, not for, like, you know, donating to the bunnies, but, like... You know, for himself. I yep. mean, you don't you don't get a seventeen hundred plus acre hunting lodge with like packing peanuts. Yeah, but so he was confronted about the accusations the next day on September third. This was very clear, 
obvious what he was doing. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. Not covering any of your tracks, being so bold as to like have this check on your desk in front of like anybody that could come into your office. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, though, I'm not saying this in terms of like, in not to defend him, but the way I'm seeing this is this dude. It's not. I don't know that he necessarily was like thinking that he was like above the law or that he could i think that he did but also what i'm trying to say is i don't know that he necessarily got sloppy out of entitlement or out of uh ego but more so like he's having to juggle a lot he's got this financial shit he's got this shit with shit with his son he's got this shit with gloria setterfield he's got this shit with stephen smith he's got this shit with his wife yeah doing illegal shit really will i guess take a lot of take a lot out of you it takes he's got he's he's got a lot of irons in this very very legally questionable at best fire yeah but so he was obviously forced to resign and then and again this is just three months after his son and wife are murdered so the following day after alex was forced out of the firm on september 4th he was changing a tire on the side of the road and all of a sudden somebody rolled up and shot him in the head like this story doesn't fucking stop no, it's it's a fucking like I had said to you when we were first talking about this. I said this is like another like the staircase where yeah. it's just like and then there's another twist and then there's another twist and oop about to get more twisty. Like it's just there's so much. It's like I we're on a telenovela. I think it's the the staircase and the jinx like put together. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. This is like shaping up to be a like like I can't even I I we'll get into we'll get into the media part of this. Like oh yeah, this is gonna be like. The thing that everybody makes the the movies about, you know what I mean? Well, there's gonna be. Oh, we'll girl, I know. Girl, <laughs> we will get there. Uh, <laughs> but so the gunshot only caused minor damage. He was actually able to call nine one one for help. Um, when Sled later released the three nine one one calls placed that day regarding the shooting, two of them were from Alex. The other one was from a passerby who actually saw him bleeding, waving his hands for her to stop and help him. But she didn't because she felt like it was a setup. Ooh. All right. Right? So best case scenario, he is allegedly doing some bad acting. But uh, either way, a spokesperson representing Alex later released a statement saying in part that his shooting was not self-inflicted and that he sustained a skull fracture and the gunman was driving a blue pickup truck. Okay. So two days later, after he's been shot, he then checks into rehab for an opioid addiction, Mm. um, which he had had. He had been battling for 20 years, allegedly. Yes. So later that day, after he's after he has checked into rehab. Yeah. Then the PMPED law firm issues a statement confirming that Alex was stealing money from them, saying, quote, this is disappointing news for all of us. Rest assured that our firm will deal with this in a straightforward manner. There's no place in our firm for such behavior, end quote. Yeah. Okay. interesting. So on September 8th, the South Carolina Supreme Court suspended Alex's law license effective immediately. Mm. And the firm went on to change its name to the Parker Law Group LLP in January 2021, according to WOTC South Carolina. 
Mm. Like they just they they removed wipe. Him. Well, they didn't just remove him. They removed because he wasn't the first Murdaugh to be a partner. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. Like, it was in they, the family they forever. They scrubbed. They scrubbed like this. But again, so, this is so better. Call Saul. Yeah, I'd say as ha- having never seen it. People um, who have seen it will know. Yeah. So, but while in rehab, Alex then admitted to his lawyers that he had hired. 61-year-old Curtis Edward Smith to kill him so that his surviving son, Buster, could collect the $10 million life insurance policy he had. Damn. So attorneys representing Alex then issued a statement that again was like, hey, so he has a 20-year opioid addiction and Smith was one of his drug dealers. So like, and if you look at interviews with Smith later, because Smith is very much like he, he did a lot of interviews and he was just like, yeah, like, I feel lied to. Like, I feel like like I was brought into this and like that I'm I'm getting like nailed or whatever, but he's not getting nailed as much. And like, yeah, it's just like a, a whole, pawn in this game. That's kind of how he how he is presenting himself. I don't know whether or not that's the case. Yeah. How much involvement um, he had. He still I like accepted a job to shoot somebody. Exactly. Well, and he <laughs> looks like like fucking Argus Filch from the Harry Potter movies. Like that's what this dude looks like. Yeah. Like it's fucking that's how it, I imagine he would look like. It, that's what he looks like. Like it's very much like a like this like Alex Murdoch would not be caught dead being seen with this guy. Yeah. Like in any capacity. Like you can kind of just tell like based on the airs that this dude puts out. Yeah. You know that he's like, I'm not, I, I, like, it's, it's, there's more to this, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but so then on September 16th, 2021, Alex turned himself into the Hampton County Law Enforcement in connection with the suicide for hire scam per People magazine. Mm-hmm. And on September 29th, a spokesperson for the Murdoch family released a statement regarding the $100 hundred thousand dollar excuse me reward that they were offering for Mm -hmm. the double murder of paul and maggie that they that they were that basically they were like i didn't even know that this was real it expired that's what they that's what they were calling it they were calling it an expiration and basically like can you imagine like we're not gonna we're not gonna like i know of like we've talked about other cases where there's still a reward for people who are missing Mm -hmm. and or for people who were killed for information um and this is months later this is like rounding up four months later yeah and you're not gonna or like i don't know but so the statement partly said quote we are disappointed that no one has stepped forward with any leads to solve the murder and claim the hundred thousand dollar reward at this time the family is evaluating what additional steps can be taken to solve the murders of maggie and paul end quote Mm. so now they're just offering no money And the next day, another representative for the family responded to claims made by People magazine that Alex and Maggie were having marriage problems. Like, remember, they were living separately. Yeah. Um, But this this representative said, quote, the most recent allegations by People magazine regarding the state of Maggie and Alex Murdaugh's marriage are totally inconsistent with what we have been told by friends and family members. Also, we have reviewed many years of text messages on Alex's phone and the conversations between Alex and Maggie portray a very loving relationship. It is our hope that the media will continue to focus on covering the investigation of the person or people responsible for the murder of Maggie and Paul and not reporting salacious stories with no credible sources connected to the Murdaugh family, end quote. Then why was Maggie texting her friend that Alex was being fishy? Yeah. Why was she saying, I don't want to meet you in 
and living fucking, in a separate area. And like, like you can go over years of texts on a phone that doesn't boil down an entire relationship. Well, and especially like, and I'm not saying that this is what this is, but like, and if it is, it's alleged. But like, especially if you're in like an abusive relationship, of course you're going to be like lovey and like all that. Like you're going to do anything you can not to set this person off. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean shit. Like, and friends and family members like they could be putting on an act what family members are we just talking to alex's family are we just talking to alex's friends yeah are we talking like it's just it's all very like there's there's a lot of questions here yeah that are not being answered so then later on october 14th 2021 alex was released from a drug rehab facility in orlando and was promptly arrested on felony charges for misusing millions from the Satterfield estate and obtaining property under false pretenses, according to NPR. Mm. And he was also hit with tens of charges in the months that followed concerning a a litany of financial crimes and deaths and just all the whole gamut. So a few days later, on October 19th, he appeared in a Richland County, South Carolina courtroom for an hour-long bond hearing stemming from the charges for obtaining property by false pretenses, during which the judge ruled that Alex would be held in custody pending a psychiatric evaluation. So Mm -hmm. you're not getting out of here. Yep. The following month, his assets were frozen as part of the ongoing wrongful death cases, And on November 4th, Alex and Curtis Edward Smith were indicted on multiple charges by a Hampton County grand jury in connection to the assisted suicide plot. Alex was then denied bond following a psychiatric evaluation on November 10th after the judge called him, quote, a danger both to himself and his community, end quote. I think that's accurate. Accurate, but also, oh, my God. Like, you've got you've built up this whole reputation and like, girl, but anyway, he was then given a $7 million bond on December 13th for the charges stemming from the South Carolina state grand jury indictments, which his attorneys argued against the following month on January 10th, 2022, saying that Alex was not even he didn't even have enough money to pay a phone bill like he had like no money. His assets had been frozen. So during the court hearing, Thomas Moore, a lieutenant with the State Highway Patrol, said Murdaugh stole $100,000 in insurance money from him after he had been hit by a car on the job and injured his neck, leading to a debilitating injury and monthly medical bills. Mm-hmm. And the judge went on to deny the defense's request to reduce Alex's bond on January 18th. Yeah. So three days later, the South Carolina state grand jury indicted Alex on 23 criminal charges, including breach of trust and computer crimes. Ooh, that's a lot of charges. We are racking them up. Yeah. So on June 28th, 2022, we're bopping forward a little bit. Alex and Curtis Edward Smith were indicted on a slew of new charges ranging from criminal conspiracy to money laundering. This is for the assisted suicide plot. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but furthermore, Alex was officially disbarred by the South Carolina Supreme Court on July 12th. Yeah. And two days later, on July 14th, over a year after the murder of Maggie and murderers of Maggie and Paul, on, on July 14th, he was indicted on two counts of murder for their deaths. So mm. finally, they're like, yep, we're going to we're going to go after this. So yeah, they got him on breach of trust and computer crimes before they got him on murder. Yeah. So. Two days later, on July 16th, Sandy Smith, the mother of C- Stephen Smith, issued a statement on the murder indictments saying, quote, 
for the murder indictments for Paul and Maggie. Yeah. Saying, quote, we have waited for answers for a long time in Stephen's death, but I am not the only grieving loved one who needs help. I know that other loving family members have also searched for answers in the deaths of their family members. I am happy that SLED and the attorney general's office have provided some closure and answers in the deaths of Maggie and Paul, end quote. What a fucking class act. Yeah, right. Like, goddamn. What, like, and, and meanwhile also quick aside so this family the murdoch's have like they're pissing money away they couldn't afford stephen smith he died in 2015 he was murdered in 2015 it is 2022 and still his family is not able to afford to put a marker like a gravestone on his grave that's ridiculous yes so the that next day after it's been seven years seven years of just waiting and all of that steven smith's family was finally able to pay for a headstone thanks to donations from people all over the world wow yes yeah so i guess like the sensational sensational the sensational (laughs) nature of this uh web has like brought so many eyes to it that like people are learning about the other crimes and the other people that that uh alex murdoch and this family has caused and so it's good that some good came out of it and yeah. that stephen smith's family could uh could get the donations to do that yeah well because so uh, like after i should say like uh, like around the same time that the satterfield that gloria satterfield's sons were finally given that payout because of like that was in september 2021 yeah that was the same time that the um i'm sorry i just i don't know what happened i think i just got an ad or something something just went the fuck did you hear that no it was okay i don't know what that was i'm gonna leave this in um but Haley knows i just lost my damn shit um so sandy smith at that same time was because the Satterfields are suddenly getting theirs and the beaches and all of the kids that are in connect in, in connection to her murder, her mm-hmm. and like they're all getting interviewed. So of course Smith is also being interviewed about her son. Yeah. And that's when she says, okay, yeah, like, and I want to fundraise for, this is again, like the end of September, 2021, I want to fundraise to finally get my son a gravestone. Mm-hmm. And so literally it like in less than a year, finally, after seven years, again, seven years, he finally gets a gravestone through the kindness of strangers. Yeah. Like, just truly. So at least, like, some good comes out of just the publicity surrounding this case. That it's not yeah. just, like, a lot of rubbernecking and all of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So then, meanwhile, on July 20th, Alex appeared in Colleton County District Court and pled not guilty on the murder charges. And in a hearing the following month, it was revealed that video and audio obtained from Paul's phone captured a conversation between himself and his parents that took place at Moselle, which thereby placed Alex at the property and the crime scene at the time of the recording, which was at 844 p.m. Mm -hmm. So that's where when we said earlier that initially they had said that the timeline was between 8 30 and i don't remember what the end time was yeah this basically 39 ish yeah well this basically moves it up because then prosecutors said that alex started his car and left the property at 9 6 p.m for alameda where his dad lived yeah 
So on November 17th, well, also I should put in, this is, this was something that was leaked apparently. And that was a whole thing. There is so much information, apparently so many videos and so many like, like audio recordings and texts and all kinds of stuff, all these materials that are locked the fuck down because stuff started getting leaked. And Alex's defense team was like, all of this stuff is being leaked and like some of it we're not seeing some of it that like it's it's it was just absolute mayhem for a minute so then the judge had to like agree and be like yeah nothing can be made public until this goes to trial yeah Um, but like this crime happened in like modern ass times and they live they live in a 1700 plus acre property you have to imagine there are ring cameras I was and stuff about around to the say, property. Oh, like, definitely something like, more expensive than a ring camera. There's video of stuff. Yeah. There's there's evidence that that we're not privy to. Yeah. But so on November 17th, Alex's legal defense team filed an alibi claim on his behalf saying he was not present during the murders and restated that he left the Murdoch property after like right like soon after 9 p.m the night of june 7th drove to varnville to see his mother and a nurse's aide and then arrived there at 9 20 p.m and spoke to multiple people on the phone the way there and on the way back including buster john marvin and his sister-in-law liz john marvin's wife so the defense claims that alex then stayed in varnville until 9 45 p.m before returning to the family property at 10 5 p.m at which point he found maggie and paul's bodies mm-hmm. again very very specific coincidental. Yeah. that too yeah it's all it's so interesting how that all works so alex is currently in jail and set to go to trial on january 23rd 2023 it was originally the 30th but they moved it up because mm-hmm. of people's schedules for those who lost count, he faces 90 charges, <laughs> wow. many, many of which are for financial crimes like stealing from the family law firm, money laundering through a drug ring, committing insurance fraud. But for the murders of his wife and son, he faces two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. And if convicted, he could face 30 years to life in prison without parole for those alone and could even be de- eligible for the death penalty, according to USA Today. And here's the thing that really gets me, though. It said that they they died uh, via uh, gunshot wounds from multiple weapons. Yeah. So where are these weapons? I think that's among the things that they're not making public right now yeah. because of all I mean, the stuff that's going on. Because they he, still have to pick a jury for this, too. I mean, it yeah, kind of right? makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he did like a suicide for hire scam. Could he have done a murder for hire scam with multiple different yeah. uh, shooters and done this like he maybe he didn't even like i don't think he would pull the trigger himself oh yeah no well and that's the thing that i want to think that i also was thinking about when they were saying that he called like like four different people like like he called buster he called john marvin but he called some other people too during this thing i'm like of course like he's a lawyer like you also have to think of this from like okay he knows he's not some like he's not some like angry he's not your average i guess i should say like alleged murderous husband yeah like he knows okay i'm gonna need an alibi okay i'm gonna need this like his in this has been not just him it's generations deep of but even, lawyers but it's even in his then, blood even then it was so sloppy oh i know but i think that's because he was juggling too much yeah 
he, he it got sloppy because he had all of these things going and inevitably when you're juggling that much shit you're gonna drop a couple things yeah and all it takes is one all it takes is one and i think that if people weren't zeroing in on him because of his wife and his son mm-hmm. then they wouldn't have started to zero in on the satterfields and on the smiths yeah. and on the 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 money laundering like there's it's just yeah all it's it takes all is to pull one to thread yeah one thread everything fucking unravels um but yeah so he's 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 facing heavy heavy time and possibly more yeah um but as for the rest of the Murtaugh family, Murdaugh family, um, Buster was last reported to be, quote, not doing well at all. And I quote, can only imagine. Yup. Since his dad was arrested for, you know, the murders of his mother and son, uh, brother, yeah. according to People magazine. And so that's what they reported in July 2022. Yeah. Um, but despite previously working at his family's law firm, now known as Parker Law Group, Buster appears to have no involvement with them anymore. But Alex's brother, Randy, the fourth one, still works there as a lawyer who has his license. He is practicing. Mm-hmm. But in September 2021, Randy also denounced Alex's actions and claimed he had no involvement in his mishandling of the company funds in a statement to People magazine. Wow. Yeah. So he just he's he's not just losing he's trying his to wife distance. and his son. Oh, yeah. No, he's yeah. losing people left and right. So on June 22nd, 2021, to get into the pop culture side of things, the the podcast Murdaugh Murders was created by journalist FITSnews.com news director Mandy Matney. She's an investigative journalist. And as of this recording, there have been 68 episodes released that focus on the case, as well as eight bonus episodes. Again, um, this case is such a, a deep well. 68 episodes and eight bonus episodes we are talking we've been talking about it for just about an hour if you're very interested in this go listen to that again an investigative journalist doing the real work (laughs) but so on september 8th 2021 hbo max announced that it would be unpacking the case in a true crime docuseries produced by campfire studios which is known for the we work and heaven's gate true crime documentaries on hulu and hbo max respectively so they've got yeah they've got some shit under their belts they also did the documentary jiro dreams of sushi which is not true crime but i'm obsessed with it it's so fucking good but the three-part series premiered on november 3rd it's called low count low country the murdaw dynasty and it has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a 96% Google score. And you can hey. watch it on HBO Max or wherever you get your HBO through whatever streaming service that may be. Cool. And then in December 2021, Oxygen released the documentary Alex Murdaugh, Death, Deception, and Power, which follows journalist Troy Roberts as he looks into this case. And I couldn't find too much on it, but it does have a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. And you can watch it on Peacock or Fubu TV, Fubo TV. Mm-hmm. Um then the like this year alone on january 14th 2022 the case was the subject of season 45 episode 12 of 2020 on abc the episode is called fall of the house of murdaugh very poe i like it i love it and it was a two hour long episode and it has a 6.9 out of 10 on imdb and you can watch it on abc.com for free or on hulu or wherever else you get abc as like you know a channel yeah um 
But then on June 19th, 2022, Investigation Discovery aired a three-part docuseries on the case titled Murdaw Murders, Deadly, Deadly Dynasty, which, in addition to featuring an interview with Michael Virzi, who he's an attorney, he works at University of South Carolina, he's a, in their, like, legal, like, like teaching yeah. legal department, you know what I mean? Um, their law school, that's the word, blah, I can't speak. Um, he's a former legal misconduct investigator for the state of South Carolina. And another expert on this case from a legal perspective, you've got people who are coming at this from a journalistic perspective, but also he's a legal expert on it. Yeah. And he also appeared in the Oxygen documentary released in December 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only does this have interviews with him, but it also features never before seen video footage of the boat ride. Ooh, okay. Yes. So it has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 78% Google score, and you can watch it on Discovery Plus or any streaming services on which you get premium channels like ID mm-hmm. or Discovery. And on November 11th, so literally, well, at this time last week, but for for the folks elsewhere a couple folks weeks ago. Yes, folks yeah. at home. Um, so on, on November 11th, literally this month. Hulu announced that it's developing a scripted series based on the Murdoch case and the Murdoch Murders podcast, which is currently under the working title Murdoch Murders. And according to Variety, the series, quote, will be based on Alex Murdoch's stranger than fiction family drama, a riveting account drawing from countless hours of reporting by Mandy Matney, journalist and creator of the popular Murdoch Murders podcast, as well as exclusive insider knowledge from years spent following the case, end quote. So there's no word on the cast yet. But Aaron Lee Carr, who has produced banger after banger after banger of documentaries. I'm talking Mommy Denon Dearest. Ooh. I'm talking Britney versus Spears. I'm talking I Love You Now Die, The Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter, yes. as well as, as well as the Girl from Plainville series on Hulu. Okay. And Michael D. Fuller, who's best known for writing and producing the Netflix series Lock and Key. Ah. They have signed on as co-creators and executive producers, with Fuller also set to serve as the showrunner. Okay. So the show will also be executive produced by Alex Headland and Nick Antosca, who previously created the Emmy Award winning Hulu series The Act. Mm-hmm. as well as candy that that also very good i don't remember if it won any awards because i'm a little more focused on the act for money yeah. issues reasons um candy yeah like, like just with jessica beale like i'm i can't i can't i can't so this sounds like it's going to be really really good yeah really well done um and knowing uh what do you call it uh cars background i think it's going to be really well done in terms of a research aspect because yeah. she is largely known for her work in documentaries first and foremost um, but yeah, so that's what we've got on the docket for now. And I'm sure that as soon as we hang up here, yeah, there's going to be more, there's going to be more. Out. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. when we do another like update roundup, I'm sure we'll have more information on Alex Murdoch's trial and everything that goes on with that. So you can check back then, but yeah. in the meantime, you can go to our website which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us at crimeculturepod at gmail.com. We also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have um, a Discord. Yeah! Message us, uh, DM us on any of our social medias. We will send you the link to that. You can join our Discord. It's a fun little community where we share cat pictures and we talk about true crime stuff and just not true crime stuff. We talk about kind of everything. Yeah. So um, 
you can join us there and you can also join our patreon you can have the ability to vote on episodes that we talk about like this one and yeah. um we want to thank some of our many patrons we want to thank yes. travis as always stevie fan fave megan classic michaela lover kim <laughs> always there for us janie classic again sarah hell yeah uh new ariana thank you and i believe last month i don't know why it just popped up on patreon now but delaney engage thank you so much hi hi everybody we love you thank you we do thanks for joining us thanks for voting um check back next month we're gonna have another patreon pick if you are part of the patreon uh at the level where you can vote on episodes always keep an eye out and um, voting sooner rather than later helps us get m the most information that we can possibly get for each episode. So thank you so much. And we will see you next Tuesday. Yes, we will. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.